Thank you, choir, for the beautiful song. And Olivia, James, and Nina, thank you for that uh, special music uh, during offering time. It's beautiful. Everything is so beautiful. The words that we heard was so beautiful. These words are profound and beautiful. What more can I add to these words? I won't do any justice to these words by adding anything to it. So that was a struggle as a preacher and then priest leader. Uh, there's so much and what more can I say about this passage? So what I'm going to do with you today is just uh, reflect on these words and regurgitate and meditate on these words and just taste it, appreciate it, uh, enjoy it. So I hope that uh, we uh, do that uh, next uh, 20 minutes. First, uh, why did Paul talk about love in his letter? The Corinthian church was a metropolitan church. So it was a big city a lot of commercial things going on. It was a poor city. Uh, the, the members were very capable, elites. And not only they were smart and had lots of money, but also they had very special spiritual experiences. Excellent gifts. All kinds of gifts were there. Last week, uh, we talked about gifts. And all the gifts that Paul listed in that letter, the Corinthian church, uh, the people at the Corinthian church had them all. All kinds of wonderful, fantastic gifts. They all experienced the powerful manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But somehow, there are a lot of problems in the church. All kinds of problems. There were all kinds of moral problems. And there were quarrels and fights, divisions. They didn't honor each other. They were divided in many different ways. At least four big ways they were divided. I mean, small church. It wasn't huge mega church. It was small church, but even that small, even in that small church, there were four divisions. So when Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian people, I mean, Paul usually writes first greetings. All the letters that he wrote, he writes greetings first. And then he talks about issues at the church. And then right after the greeting, the first problem that Paul tackled was the problem of division. This is what Paul said. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you, but that you should be united 
in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Paulus, or I belong to Cephas, or I, I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So even in that small church, some people follow, say, okay, we follow Paul. Some people say, we follow Peter, Cephas. Peter, the, uh, the, the, the uh, core apostle. We follow Peter, not Paul. And some people followed Apollos. Apollos was a scholar and then the rising star at that time, Paul's time. And we follow this new guy and then his teaching is great. We follow Apollos. And then others, we don't follow any human being. We follow Christ. We are the purest. So there were at least four divisions in the church. I mean, they had wonderful spiritual experiences and yet they didn't know how to live in peace and harmony. What was their problem? Their problem was immaturity. They had wonderful experience, experiences but they were immature. They were childish. They didn't know how to uplift others and recognize others. They didn't know how to honor each other. They were obsessed with themselves. They were so much into themselves. They were busy boasting about the gifts that they had. And they insisted on their own ways without listening to each other. They said, this is the right way. We should all follow this way. They were insisting on their own ways. Their spirituality was very self-centered and it was toxic. The self-centeredness, that is a sign of immaturity. Little children, they're very self-centered. They don't know what's, uh, what others are going through. So the sign of immaturity is self-centeredness. As we reflected last week, they didn't know that the best gift is each other. You are my best gift. More than any gift that, that I have from the Spirit, you are the best gift. More excellent way. They didn't yet know how beautiful and precious other people were. Because they didn't know how beautiful people were. It was so easy for them to criticize so easily. And put down each other with, with, with no hesitation. That's immaturity. It was because they didn't yet have the love of Jesus Christ in their hearts. 
they knew Christ. They experienced the wonderful manifestation of the Spirit. They knew the power of the Spirit, and yet the love of Christ was not there yet. It didn't arrive in their heart yet. It is strange, very strange, but somehow I saw that a lot in my own experience of ministry. People say that they have wonderful gifts of the Spirit, and yet there was no love of Christ. That's why St. Paul wrote the whole chapter about love. Whole chapter. He dedicated whole chapter to love. This chapter is very famous. It's a love chapter. I'm sure even non-Christians heard about it. Every wedding, many, many weddings, they use it. I use that a lot too. But this chapter is not about romantic love at all. It was written in a totally different context. Paul saw the immaturity in the Corinthian community and it took away peace and harmony in the community. Their spirituality didn't help. It made the problem worse. That's why St. Paul started with this. Right from the beginning about this love chapter. What's the use of speaking in the tongues? What's the use of having faith that removes mountains? What's the use of sacrificing yourself? If there is no love, it is nothing. If I have no love, I am nobody. Narcissism, my friends, is the greatest illusion we human beings have. Narcissism is the greatest poison to one's soul. Narcissism is the greatest bondage we human beings are bound to. We are nobody alone. I am who I am because of you. We have not become who we are on our own. This journey was not just my journey. There were our parents who gave birth, who fed us, who sacrificed for us, who raised us. Without them, we could not be here. There are people who have been praying for us all this time. And then also there are people who always stand up for us, encouraged us, give us the courage, There were a lot of people who supported us and helped us. Without them, we are not who we are. 
And sadly, narcissists will not see that. They will not recognize that. They are in their own illusion and have become a slave to their self-centeredness. That is immaturity. A sign of immaturity is self-centeredness. Now I understand why St. Paul talked about, I mean, while talking about love, why he talked about childish ways and all that stuff. This is what he said. When I was a child, in other words, when I didn't know, when I didn't know love yet, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Now I understand why he talked about these childish things in talking about love. Without love, you're like a child. I put an end to childish ways, he said. That means he stopped being self-centered. Listen to what he said. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Listen. It's nothing about me. It is all about others. How you treat others. It's not about how great you are. How gifted you are. How wonderful you are. It's not about that. It is always, it's all about others. How you treat others. Love is being considerate of others. Love makes us mature. Until we know love, we are like a child. Our age doesn't make us mature. Just because you're older, that doesn't mean that you are more mature. Age doesn't make us, make us mature. Love makes us mature. Children don't know what parents are going through. They're busy demanding their own needs. Children don't know what their parents are going through. By the time you know what par your parents are going through, you became an adult, finally. In the same way, self-centered self people cannot know what others are going through. When we have love, our eyes will be open. And we'll be able to see things more clearly. Everything becomes more clear. We can see ourselves clearly. And we can also see others and their needs, their hurts, and their pain more clearly. We know what they are going through. We feel what they feel. We call that empathy. And when you have love, you have this ability 
to feel and to know what others feel and what others go through. That's what love does. And unfortunately, narcissists will not have this ability. And that was what was going on in the Corinthian community. So St. Paul said this, for now, we see in a mirror dimly. But then, here, then can be the end of the uh, world, but then, I mean, when the when uh, love arrives, but then we'll see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I'll know fully, even as I have been fully known. So when love comes, you will be able to see fully. So what I'm doing uh, here right now is just reading through again the whole chapter, giving you a little bit of background. When love comes fully into our heart, we'll see face to face. Love shows us what is really important in life. Until we know love, we'll pursue something wrong, something not right. We'll pursue something like a mist that appears a little while and disappears like morning dew. We will continuously pursue those false things that are here with us for a while and vanish. Like personal glory, personal power, personal gain. I mean, Dong-Yong beautifully prayed today. All these things are vanities. They're like a mist. Only thing that is left, that will remain, is how we care about others. That's the only thing that is left. That is the only thing that, that will remain. How you care about others. It's not about you. It's not about how famous you are. That doesn't remain. Only thing that remains is how you care about others. Everything else will soon cease to exist. St. Paul said, love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. See, these are the gifts that they boasted about in Corinthian community. Prophecies and knowledge and tongue. They said, oh, we have these wonderful gifts. They were boasting about that. And Paul is saying all those gifts, all those things will cease to exist. Only thing that remains is love. Love will never end. Love is the ultimate reality. That is what we should pursue. 
Don't pursue what is not real. That's why Jesus said, only thing that you gotta pursue is love. The greatest commandment, that means only thing that you should pursue is love. And then he said, to follow me, you have to deny yourself. In other words, you have to give up being self-centered. When we pursue love, we'll reach the ultimate reality. When we pursue love, finally, we'll become complete. Without love, we are always incomplete. That's what, was, what Paul was thinking when he said, for we know only in part, partially, and we prophesy only in part, partially. But when the complete comes, when the love comes, the partial will come to an end. Love makes everything complete. Love never ends. Love makes our life complete. Love remains. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three. And the greatest of these is love. When we finally see Jesus, we don't need faith anymore. Because we will see him face to face. When we finally see Jesus, we don't need hope anymore because everything is full, will be fulfilled and then there will be no more suffering. So we don't need hope. But even when we see Jesus in the end, we need love. That's what we will do. Live in love. Love remains and it never ends. We in in love, we find eternity. In love, we find salvation. Don't go out and look for that, that special plant that gives you immortality. Love gives you the immortality. Love gives you the eternity. In love, we find confidence in life. So John said, God is love. Period. God is love. Nothing else. Boldly he proclaimed, God is love. As we hear these messages, we heard, I mean, there's a struggle. As uh, uh, Jonathan said, always we're missing something there because we don't live out that love. And yet, God still restores us through his 
unconditional love, eternal love. And we thank God for that. Corinthian church did not yet experience that mysterious power of love of Christ. St. Timothy Church, I hope that we all experience that mysterious power of love in our community, in our personal lives too. Let us sing together.